0: You're listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Come on, good morning. Good morning, New Spring family. Merry Christmas. What's up? Is that not the most just charming video you've ever seen in your life? just makes you want to go out and buy a Christmas village like my mom used to have. She had way too many, though. They'd just be lining everywhere. It's like, who are all these tiny people? And But now I see it, and I'm like, I get it, Mom. I get it. Mid-30s Susan Knox, you're the best of us. I love you. Amen. Well, hey, y'all. My name is Meredith. Um, it is my joy and honor to get to be with you today. I'm just one of, of a few of our teaching pastors here at New Spring, and I get to continue our series called Story of Joy. But <clears throat> I know many of you just heard this at your campus, but I got to tell you, next week, at every campus, we're gonna celebrate Christmas together. And everybody, you know how it like these invite cards? I don't know if this is just my age, but like when paper feels good, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's some quality paper right there. That is nice. Where'd y'all get this paper at? Everybody's gonna get one of these when you leave today. And I just wanna encourage you invite somebody next week. And if you've been here for a while and he was like, I've, I've already invited everybody. I, I know, and sometimes it gets awkward. Here's This is what what God has encouraged me with, and I just want to encourage you. When we invite them to church, we're not just inviting them to New Spring Church. We're inviting them to God's house. And when you just remove, like, all the names of it and realize this was God's house long before it ever had New Spring attached to it, and his presence will be here because he loves to dwell among his people in his house, why wouldn't we invite everyone we know to come be a part. So this is a tool for you to use. Use it at Waffle House. Put it, listen, these sweet Amazon delivery people are working like the elves of Santa. All waking hours, leave one on the porch with a snack and bless them so that we can party next weekend for Christmas. Sound good? Great. So like I said, I get to continue our story of joy series this week. And as I was praying about like, what is my part to bring? To this beautiful story of joy around Christmas, um, I couldn't help but think, maybe this is just like the movie lover inside of me. Inside of me, anybody, just a movie lover—you love movies. Anybody love to go to the movies by themselves? Bless yourself, especially if you hate those like side movie talkers. Don't do that. If you go to a movie with somebody, don't be like, "What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm watching it at the same time that you are. I don't know what's about to happen." But here's what I know about movies and the stories in movies is every good story has a good soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? Watch a movie without any music in it, it doesn't hit like it does with that, that right scene with the right soundtrack. All of a sudden, the hardest heart just weeping tears because every good story has a good soundtrack. Here, I'll share a few of mine with you. Okay, we'll stir some joy this morning. Um, this one brings out my inner nerd, fellow nerds. What's up? Um, spoiler alert, this was my walkout song uh, when I played softball in high school. So, hold on, I got to do this. <sighs> Ready? That's intimidating. If you don't know what that is, that's the Darth Vader march from Star Wars. Anybody? If you're like Star Wars is lame, just okay. I'll let your imagination run wild, all right? Maybe this is the Christmas. You let joy back in by being a kid again. So Star Wars, um, how about this one? Um, wait, I lost it. ba da 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 Found it. ba da. Ba-da-da-da. Anybody know that one? Jurassic Park. Well, you know that's the first movie that they use like, special effects. It's pretty cool. Now you can watch blue aliens swim around in an alien sea. I don't know, but special effects worked uh, back on Jurassic Park when he's like, Welcome to Jurassic Park. It's like the best. Just takes me there. Okay, how about this one? This is a participatory. This one has words to it. If you know it, sing it with me, okay? Okay. You've got a friend in me. Hey, you can snap. You got a friend in me. Mm. You're gonna see it's our destiny because you got a friend in me. You can make that a gospel song. You got a friend in him. Yes, you do. Yeah, you can. That's like if you need a friend, you got a friend in him. Anyways, that's where my mind goes. Anybody toy story? They can make a thousand of those. I would watch every single one. Every single one of them. At the end, when Andy, spoiler alert, but also came out 20 years ago, so, sorry. When Andy gives the toys to the little girl, and he's driving away, and so long, partner. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's like, is this in the Bible? Because that is. It's not, by the way. But a good soundtrack Makes a good story. A good story always has a great soundtrack. So when I think of the story of joy, I have to think, joy has to have a great soundtrack. So the question we're going to come around today is, what does real joy sound like? Because joy is more than a feeling. It's more than um, just an emotion. It has A sound. And that's what we're going to come around today. Because I don't know about y'all, but it doesn't seem like the world right now is really singing a soundtrack of joy. You know? It's actually, even the weather the past few weeks sounds a lot more like, I'll have a blue Christmas. It's like, oh my gosh. And I get it, y'all. We've been through some stuff the past few years. One of my really good friends... Last week, she just posted very vulnerably on Instagram as a mom and as a human. She was just like, I'm tired. Can anybody else relate? And I was just scrolling like person after person was like, yeah, me too. Like it feels like I know I have joy in the Lord and I know it's an option, but like I just I feel tired at trying to get it. I joked last week that I was about to sign my emails trying my best, Meredith. Because it's been, it's been hard out here. And what I hope happens as a result of this message is not that you feel like you have to muster up joy. That's not what I'm saying. But what I hope that we realize is that as believers, especially, that you and I have the ability to actually compose joy in a world that seems like they don't really want to have anything to do with that soundtrack. That's the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And we're going to come around what that looks like with the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth at the end of Luke chapter 1. So if you want to, you can go ahead and turn there. If you have the New Spring app, you can look up the notes there. We're going to be at the end of Luke chapter 1. And to catch us all up to speed with Zachariah and Elizabeth, to be honest, like, it'd been a while since they'd heard a sound of joy. And to be honest, like, for good reason. They were, uh, the Bible says, well advanced in years, which is a very kind translation. Um, and they'd been asking for a, a child for decades. And year after year and prayer after prayer, they just feel like, I mean, I'm sure their joy was discouraged. Zachariah himself was a priest. He would have been like helping other people have joy, helping other people compose songs of joy. And I'm sure he would go into the temple and be like, God, I'm helping other people with joy. Where's my song of joy? At the beginning of Luke chapter 1, we see that an angel comes and declares to Zachariah, hey, your, your prayers have been heard and you're going to have a child. Now, Zachariah doubts for a minute and God strikes him mute because of it. But regardless, Elizabeth miraculously becomes pregnant. And the story we're going to pick up today is the fateful day John the Baptist's birthday, a day where Zach realizes that he has a hand in composing joy, and he's going to help teach us today how we can compose it together. Now, here's what I want to say before I even get into the points and get into the scripture, is as a church, our vision is that we want everyone, everywhere, in an everyday relationship with Jesus. What I hope happens, my prayer is that as a result of this message is this wouldn't just be something that we take in for the next few minutes, decide whether we liked it or not, and then we move on throughout our week. There is going to be points in this that each of us, church, get to grasp and participate in throughout our week. There's going to be some dinner tables that sound different because a father realizes the authority his voice has, and he's going to speak blessing over his family, and it's going to be different. There's going to be car rides that sound different because a young woman is going to realize the power her voice has when she speaks out the word of God to release joy. There's going to be some Christmas mornings that I know are hard for many of us. You've lost someone. There's, there's grief this year. But that Christmas morning is going to feel and sound different because you're just going to rejoice in Jesus Christ and the atmosphere is going to change. So as I preach this, I want to invite all of us at every campus, ask the Holy Spirit, hey, which one of these do you want to practice with me this week? And then we're going to respond together. Does that sound good? Something we can all do together? Great. So let's learn from Zachariah and Elizabeth together. Zach and Beth show us point number one, that real joy sounds like the word of God. Real joy sounds like the word of God. Y'all, I love the word of God. Don't know where I would be without it. And this is what it says in verses 57 through 66. He says this, Now the time came, finally, for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zachariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called, and he asked for a writing tablet, and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Now here's the point I want to make here. As the patriarchal figure of the house, Zachariah had the authority to name John anything he wanted. He could have done anything he wanted in this moment. He could have chosen to go with tradition and name him Zachariah. He could have chosen bitterness because God had stricken him mute. And so he's like, I'm going to name my son whatever I want to name my son. He could have done literally anything else, but what he chooses to do is declare the word of God that had been spoken to him just a few verses earlier in verse 13. His name is John. That's exactly what the angel told him. And as he does, joy is released into himself and to everyone around him. And I'm here to tell y'all, when it comes to the word of God, it only has to be four words. And, don't, and see if you don't proclaim it, if joy doesn't erupt in your own heart and in everyone around you. When the word of God is spoken, it has divine power to release joy. So here's my question for us today, church. When is the last time you heard your voice declare God's word? When's the last time you saw your hand write God's word? Because listen, there's research shows that most of us speak around 7,000 words a day. If you're like me, it might be a few more. Many of us, most of us hear between 20,000 and 30,000 words a day. And I'm just telling you, if we do not declare the word of God and hear our own ears speak the word, those words are going to overtake the joyful word of God that he has given us to speak. And this is a, I'm telling you, I'm not perfect at this, but this is a spiritual discipline that I've specifically felt over the past year to pick up and to practice with the Holy Spirit. So if you're like, I don't really know the word, write down a few of these that I'm, I am learning to declare out loud so that joy fills my heart. The first one is Psalm 145 where it says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and bless your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And as I declare that, something shifts inside of me. When I'm feeling just kind of discouraged and down and like nobody's really recognizing me the way I want them to, I just feel kind of overlooked. I say, no, Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I will lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I will trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be put to shame who are wantonly treacherous. But make me to know your ways, O Lord. Anybody wanna know the ways of God? You start praying Psalm 25 and say, make me to know your ways. See if the Holy Spirit doesn't help. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Lead me in the truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. You ever just feel kind of insecure about the way you look? Just me? Okay. That can start to steal my joy like anything else, but I remember the truth of Psalm 139 that says, no, you formed my inward being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You start to speak the word of God out loud and joy is the divine result. So church, it's time again for us personally pick up the word of God and declare it from your mouth. I only know four words. It was enough for Zachariah. It's enough for us. Speak the word of God till joy comes out. Because real joy sounds like the word. Amen? Amen. All right, we're actually going to practice this together. So this is Psalm 198 a And I'm going to invite us. Why don't y'all say this with me? Ready? The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Just a few words, and I'm reminded, not in this book, in God's commandments, that's what brings joy to my heart. That's what real joy sounds like. Number two, real joy sounds like gratitude for Jesus Christ. Real joy? What's that sound like? It sounds like gratitude for Jesus Christ. Look what happens to Zechariah after he declares four words from the word of God. This is what happens in verse 67 through 75. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him in all of our days. Let me tell you what's happening here. Zechariah finally gets the fulfillment of his son. The one he'd been praying for, begging God for, asking God for, crying over, I'm sure, petition with Elizabeth again and again and again. And now John is here and he doesn't first rejoice in his son, he rejoices in his savior. I gotta be honest with you, that probably wouldn't be me. I'd be like, my son's here. Look at my son, I rejoice in my son. But Zachariah, what's happening is the Holy Spirit says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is revealing to him, hey, Zechariah, the true fulfillment of joy is actually past your own desires to the ultimate fulfillment of all desires in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. For 400 years before Luke chapter 1, it says that God had actually been silent. That for 400 years, people hadn't heard his voice. And then in one chapter, Gabriel, Mary, Elizabeth and now Zachariah are rejoicing in one person, Jesus Christ. This is the beauty of the gospel that we have been given, that real joy just sounds like gratitude for Jesus Christ. So let me ask you again, church, how often do you voice out loud gratitude for Jesus Christ? Zachariah hadn't even met Jesus yet. Mary was still pregnant. We now have the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. We've seen the end of the story. We now have the presence of Jesus Himself living and dwelling inside of us. What causes our hearts to grow cold and our lips to grow silent and we not rejoice in Jesus Christ? One of my favorite quotes um, comes from Frederick Douglass, the American abolitionist um, and a Christian himself, and he said this The simplest truths often meet the sternest resistance and are slowest in getting general acceptance. Now, I want us to just think about this for a second. The simplest truths, they're usually slow in getting general acceptance. It's not ironic to me that Mr. Douglas was actually called um, the voice of one crying in the wilderness in his generation. That was the prophecy spoken over John the Baptist as well. So, garnering courage... From Mr. Douglas and from John the Baptist, I just want to invite the whole church in right here to a very simple truth that I'm telling you, if we can get this into the core of who we are, that it becomes the soundtrack of our days, the enemy can never still kill or destroy the joy that Christ has given us, and it's this. Listen. The simple truth is Jesus is the prize. Period. Jesus is the is the prize. The world's trying to sing a different song. Yeah, Jesus is cool, but I need this other stuff. No, listen. Jesus is the prize. The times where I can feel my joy waning the most, my patience with people decreasing the most, my general expectation on a Sunday giving way to like cynicism or boredom is when I forget the simple and powerful truth that Jesus is the prize. Listen, church, he is our peace in the midst of our anxiety. Our hope in the midst of a darkened world, our delight in a land of perverted pleasure, our steadiness in the midst of a shaky economy, our satisfaction in the midst of a culture always crying out for more, our strength in the midst of an exhausting and confusing season, our comfort in the depths of our greatest pain and loss. He's always kind, always patient, always good, always pure in motivation. He's our salvation, our king, our friend, our interceding brother, our Lord of lords, our hiding place, our shelter, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting provider and protector, our prince of peace. We never have to doubt his affections because his feelings about us will not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His holiness means he cannot sin, which means he cannot sin against us. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, ever-ruling, reigning, and one day returning, Jesus Christ, Jesus is the prize. And I feel this in my core today because The Holy Spirit Church Christian is calling us back to the powerful simplicity that Jesus is the prize. But I didn't get what I wanted, but Jesus is the prize. But I've been praying for a child for decades like Zachariah, but I know Jesus is the prize. Because I'm telling you, one day, and there will be a day, When the clouds part, the trumpet sounds, Jesus in all of his glory descends to make all that was wrong new and perfect. We will look at him in the face and say, I wish I'd said thank you more. Because now I'm seeing the fulfillment of what some crazy girl in South Carolina was yelling about, that Jesus is the prize. Forever, listen to this, forever You and I will have one name on our lips, and it'll be Jesus. I want to practice that now. I want to live in that reality now. If you feel your joy waning, I did this uh, Wednesday morning for about, I was going to do it for like a few minutes. And then the more I did it, the more I couldn't stop doing it. That I said, Jesus, thank you that I was lost in my sin, and now I'm found. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you snatched me from just the blindness of religion so that I can walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you gave me a community when I was coming to a place that I didn't know a soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I used to be just shrouded in fear of man and you brought me freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe your story is something different, but you just need to this week say, God, you healed me and I didn't know if I was going to be healed. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't know if my marriage was going to make it, but you saved it. Thank you, Jesus. That addiction had me in chains, but you broke them. Thank you, Jesus. This is what real joy sounds like. I don't know what else we're looking for to be thankful for, but in Jesus, we have enough. He is the prize. This is what real joy sounds like. May that come from our mouths this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So real joy sounds like the word of God. It sounds like gratitude for Jesus Christ. And third, real joy sounds like generational blessing. Real joy sounds like generational blessing. Now, before we talk about blessing, we got to talk about something else. We do not live in a current cultural climate of blessing. We live where the soundtrack of our social media, news articles, offices, maybe our own brains Sounds a lot more like cynicism, discouragement, and cursing. And what I'm here to tell us is if we do not do the first two, speak the word of God and thank and just live in gratitude for Jesus, we will not be able to do the third one to speak generational blessing. Because the world is training us to sing a different song, and it is one of cursing. You know those songs that just get stuck in your head because jingle writers are good at what they do? Um, I don't know why the one stuck in my head right now is with Charmin Ultra, Less Is More, You know what I'm talking about? But it's just in there. The world knows how to write a catchy jingle of cursing. And if you don't get the word of God from your mouth and gratitude for Jesus Christ from your heart, then you will pick up the jingle of cursing and wondering where all your joy is. But if you do the first two, You speak the word of God and you just live in gratitude for Jesus from your mouth will overflow generational blessing. That's what happens with Zachariah. He speaks the word of God. He rejoices in Jesus. And then we see what happens in verses 76 through 80. He speaks blessing over his son and says, And you, child, you'll be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness. Thank you, Lord. And in the shadow of death, to guard our feet into the way of peace. And what happens? And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance in Israel. Now here's the thing. Zechariah did not knit John together in Elizabeth's womb. Zechariah did not write purpose into John's life. Matter of fact, Zechariah had very little control over who John was going to become in his adult life, but what we see here is evidence of a beautiful, divine, mysterious reality that God's anointing and our blessing work together to actually protect, encourage, and send someone out into who God made them to be. That's, that's simply all blessing is, is I take the word of God, his heart, his promises, and I speak them out over someone else as a form of encouragement, a declaration, and often even an impartation of what that promise is. And the beauty of it is the authority is not actually in me speaking the blessing. It's in the promises of God. That means I don't have to be perfect in speaking the blessing. I just got to claim the promise because the power is in the promise. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's what John is doing here. He was a priest. He would have known how to do this. This would have been a practice of his day. But in this moment, it becomes so intimate speaking it over his son. And here's what's beautiful. 2 Peter 3.9 now says, church, that you and I are now a chosen people and a royal priesthood which means you don't have to have priest as a job title in your description. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, his spirit empowers you to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. You can take his promises, speak them over someone and it actually changes something. Joy comes out. And so what I wanna encourage us with, and we're gonna end a little different today, we're gonna practice this generational blessing together to join with the song of Zechariah but to grab onto the promises of God and to declare them over one another. And so I've written three blessings over three different generations of our church. And I wanna say again, the authority in these blessings is not in me, it's simply in the word of God that I just get to be his mouthpiece of today. And I just wanna pause first and foremost and, and honor the older generation. Notice I said older, not old. And I just want to thank you. I'm about to bless you in a minute. Before I even do that, I just want to thank you for sticking with Jesus. I want to honor you that you have not given up, that you kept coming to church, that you kept praying. I am very aware that in reality, I should be the one that you're laying hands on to bless me today, but I'm coming in such humility to say thank you Thank you for the the path that you have paved that now many of us get to walk in, the prayers that you have prayed that I'm sure that now I'm living in the covering of. My goodness, I honor you. And so I just wanna get the chance together to bless you. But what we're gonna do is the older generation, I'm gonna bless you first. I'm gonna ask you to stand in a moment and bless you. And after I bless you, I'm gonna ask you to stay standing if you're able and you're gonna help me bless the next generation by just laying on a hand and like agreeing, amen. I agree with this blessing. I would invite you like, as I'm blessing the next generation, as they stand, move and lay a hand. This is us, this is what church is, family blessing one another. And then after those two generations are blessed, I'm gonna invite the youngest generation to stand and we all get to lay hands on them and bless them. Does this sound good? Makes sense that we're going to do this together. So now I'd love to invite then the generation you're like, How old are you going here? Which generation did you include me in? Just remember, I just honored everyone. So if you are 60 and above, please stand to your feet if you are able. (laughs) Some laughs. Man, I'm just looking in the face of some of you, and I just want to say again, thank you. Man, and if you if you are willing, would you just put your hands in front of you as a sign of receiving this? If you've ever wondered, like, at the end of a service, why does this person come out and say, I want to bless you? And why are they ask me to put my, this is just a sign of receiving. Can I honor you with all my heart as I bless you here today? my mothers and fathers in the faith and in this life. I bless you with the prophecy of Joel too. And it shall come to pass right now that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. It is time to dream once again. May you feel the youthful zeal of someone who has caught the attention of heaven. God's eyes are on you, and He is inviting you to once again pick up the mantle of faith. The younger generations need you now more than ever. You are our Moses, our Deborah, our Zachariah, our Elizabeth, and our eyes are on you. Men, tell us your dreams like fathers leading the way. Women, prophesy the truth of God over us like mothers fighting off the enemy. Your words hold great power as they are spoken, so speak. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and then speak. He is anointing your voice in your days with new authority, new life, new dreams, and new hope. So get your hopes up, saints. His delight is in you. You cannot be moved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, let's honor this generation. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And if you would stay standing as I invite the next generation, this middle one, y'all are the ones who get the most nervous. I get it. I'm with you. 31 to 59. Some of y'all in your early 30s are like, I can't believe she did this to me. I'm about to be 35. I'm right there with you. We ain't 22 anymore. It's time to accept it. So if you were part of that group 60 and older, would you just, if someone just stood up around you, would you move to them and put a hand on a shoulder? I promise you it means more than you know. Don't be afraid. I know we got seats, but like, this is a free space. Look, so easy. Just move around. This is awesome. So groups 31 to 59, would you just put your hands out in front of you as a sign of receiving? My brothers and sisters, I bless you with the anointing of Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It is now time for us to take up our place of leadership. We have our own seas to part, our own battles to fight, and our own land to settle. May you feel today the invitation to more not that God is asking more from you but that he is pouring more out on you. There is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit coming for this generation as we step up and step into the beauty and adventure of a mature faith. You have nothing to fear. It is time to move. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you young guns. 30 and below, you can stand with your perfectly functioning joints. Let me tell you, you don't know the soundtrack of this yet. Ugh. So you've received your blessing. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, if someone 30 and below just stood around you, all the rest of us, would you just lay a hand on a shoulder? Um, And receive, just, this is an amen to what God is speaking over us. (sighs) My brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters, I bless you with a childlike wonder that stays pure, unapologetic, and powerfully simple for the rest of your days. May you be blessed with the anointing of David, a mighty king who always carried the humility of a shepherd boy, learning how to fight, how to nurture, and how to sing out in a field all on his own. You will carry an authority unlike the generations that have gone before you, holding fast the word of God and holding tender the hearts of this world. His compassion and kindness are being placed over your shoulders like a royal robe and a protective covering. From this day forward, may the foundation of your identity be unwaveringly settled in Christ alone. And may he be the delight of your days as you repeat, Jesus is the prize. By the laying on of our hands, we speak divine protection over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Y'all, this is what real joy sounds like. The word of God, gratitude for Jesus Christ, and then generational blessing over one another. So while we're still stood, we're going to keep doing this together. Ministry teams, you can go ahead and move at every campus. And if you um, you realize today, like that was great, but I need, I'm realizing I need more prayer. I need, I need somebody to help me. Then please move. There are people at every campus that would love to pray with you, to continue to encourage and to bless you. If you're here today and you realize, you know what? I think for the first time, my eyes were just opened to the reality that Jesus is indeed the prize and I need a relationship with him. I need to be saved. There is a cross at every campus that you can move to and give your life to Jesus. Maybe you just need to stand and sing and hear your voice declare the reality Jesus is my living hope. And tomorrow, he's going to be my living hope. And when I'm in my darkest place, he's going to be my living hope. And when I'm in my highest place, he's going to be my living hope. When I'm confused, he's going to be my living hope. When I'm angry, he's going to be my living hope. When I'm joyful, he's going to be my living hope. And just hear your voice, declare gratitude for Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray for us. And then as soon as I say amen, we can move in response to whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking over you today. And church, I love you. I love you so much. And I'm fighting for this joy that we can have in Jesus beside you. So, Father, we just thank you so much for the reality that joy can always be our possession because of Jesus Christ. I pray right now, God, for those hearts that are weary. If they're being honest, they've declared the word of God. If they're being honest, they have voice gratitude for Jesus. They've spoken blessing and they still feel like their joy is depleted. Holy Spirit, would you pour an overflow of blessing of joy over their heads today? Jesus, we we just say out loud, we need you. This Christmas, would you shift and change us and Holy Spirit, mold us more into the image of Christ. And ultimately, Jesus, I really do pray, hasten the day where we get to see you face to face. We love you. We honor you. We respond to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.